What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This episode is sponsored by IE Photo Rentals. IE Photo Rentals is a rental house located in the Inland Empire, and they rent out camera equipment, lighting equipment, audio equipment, basically anything you need for your next uh, photo shoot, video shoot, commercial, film, anything you need, they got it. Go check out IE Photo Rentals in Pomona, California. I was just there this weekend. I was uh, checking out some new lenses. Um, we've been thinking about buying the Sigma 85mm art lens as another lens to add to our arsenal of lenses for wedding photography. And uh, I was checking out some other, other lenses they had. Pro was showing me a couple new telephoto lenses that they had in and they also just got the Canon 6D Mark II um, which is a really cool camera it's got a lot of great features it's got the Wi-Fi feature it's a full-frame camera um, it's got the flip out lens I can go into specs but ain't nobody got time for that it is a really cool camera uh, I'm thinking about checking that one out as well uh, just to play around with it we shoot video at our weddings as well so we might check it out and take it out for a test run see what we think but anyways um, I photo rentals yeah they're awesome and if you go in uh, check out some stuff rent some stuff from them and mention this podcast they will give you 10% off of your next rental so that's a pretty sweet deal so go down to I photo rentals uh, check out what they have. Talk to them. Um, they can pull out equipment for you so you can uh, see what you're going to rent and uh, take some stuff out for a spin. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. You won't regret it. Go check it out. All right. On today's podcast, I want to answer some questions that I recently received on uh, on social media um, and some requested topics to talk about. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is mini sessions. We recently just had some mommy and me mini sessions. We decided to do some mini sessions for the spring. Um, there's a lot of really cool areas right now um, near our home with some wildflowers blossoming. And um, my wife would thought it would be a really cool idea to do some uh, mommy and me sessions. So we put that together. We were able to do a couple family sessions. We were able to do some uh, mommy and me sessions, and uh, we just had fun. Uh, but somebody asked somebody asked about mini sessions and how we put them together, and um, a couple other questions that went along with that. So I thought it'd be a perfect thing to talk about. A lot of people have been talking about them uh, recently. Um, we shoot at least two mini sessions. Um, throughout the year we normally shoot one in the springtime and we shoot another one in the fall like as a holiday uh, as the holidays are around the corner um, the reason we like to do mini sessions is uh, we think it's the it's a perfect opportunity to attract clients and uh, get potential clients for some full sessions for some full family sessions because uh, on top of shooting 
uh, weddings throughout the year. Uh, we also shoot a lot of family portraits. We don't consider ourselves uh, newborn photographers, but it kind of just comes with the territory. Uh, we meet a couple. We do their engagement session. Uh, we photograph their wedding. Um, if we do a really good job, uh, they like our work and they want to continue using us as photographers. So as our family grows, we end up taking family photos. Um, and along with that, sometimes we do, you know, newborn sessions. Yeah, we just like taking pictures of all the families that we have been with throughout the years. So every year we do like to offer some mini sessions. But I just wanted to point I just wanted to point out a couple reasons why you would want to put a, a mini session together. Um, obviously you want to attract new clients and I think that putting together a mini session is a perfect opportunity um, to get clients who are already maybe looking at your work and they are thinking about doing a session with you and you're offering uh, one of your sessions but it's it's more of like a sample of one of your sessions at a lower rate and that will usually get uh, clients that are thinking about doing a shoot with you uh, to come and actually purchase a shoot with you and you know because they they get a little taster so I think that's how a mini session should be looked at it's an opportunity to give clients a little taste of what you have to offer. So when you're setting up a mini session, you should have a couple things in mind. Um, you don't want to do a full session. You want to give your, your clients a taste of what they could get if they were to purchase an actual session from you. So the way we normally put a mini session together is um, we don't give our clients any control over the session at all. And what I mean by that is we pick the location for the mini sessions. And what we'll normally do is we'll pick a location and we'll pick the date that we will be doing the mini session on. And we'll set up multiple shoots in one day. And we'll normally announce the mini sessions ahead of time. So we'll start announcing our mini sessions maybe like about a month in advance. And, uh, and we'll try to uh, attract clients that way and start booking uh, several mini sessions on that one day. So basically, you're telling potential clients, hey, we really want you to come and try us out. We're going to offer our photo shoot at a discounted rate. We're going to give you a certain amount of photos. It's going to take place at this time. Come on down. Check us out. Try us out. It's not only an opportunity for potential clients to come down and try you out, but it's a big opportunity for you to provide a really awesome service and gain new clientele for yourself as well. So a couple things that... Um, a couple tips that I'll give on mini sessions is be clear about their time frame because you are shooting multiple shoots. So normally uh, we'll do 30 minute sessions. Um, just because we like to play it safe, we usually book every session in one hour increments. So even though we're shooting a 30 minute session, uh, we'll have a session start at nine in the morning, uh, but we have a little bit of give and take in case they're a little late or, you know, 
sometimes things happen. Um, I know that some people like to book them uh, every half hour if you choose to do so. That's really great too because, like I said, you should really be strict about um, your time frames and the way you're running the mini session. What I'm trying to say is the best way to handle a mini session is you're giving the client a taste of what you have to offer, but you're not really giving them any options. That way, when you set up a mini session, you do a half hour shoot, you pick a specific amount of photos that you're going to deliver to them, you tell them that you're going to deliver so many photos to them, and a mini session, again, should be a small session compared to what uh, your full session is. So, for instance, when we do a mini session, we usually offer about 15 photos. Uh, for a full session, it's usually double and then some more. So by coming to one of our mini sessions, our, our clients, you know, they, they get to experience what it's like uh, being in front of the camera with us. They get a little taste of the experience that we have to offer. Uh, they get to know us a little bit and our personality as we shoot their photos. We make them laugh. We have fun. We make their kids smile. And we, and we deliver some really great photographs. And they go home knowing that that if they purchase a full session with us, they will get that same experience, but it'll be a much longer shoot. They'll have the option to pick multiple outfits for their shoot. They'll get more variety. Uh, they'll be able to pick their location where they actually want to have a photo shoot. Um, you know, they, they pretty much get full range when they book a full session with us but they came down to our mini session they tried us out um, they got some really amazing photographs they got the experience so it's a really great opportunity for you to sell yourself as a photographer and gain some new clients so like i said you don't want to give your clients any control for a mini session you want to choose a location you want to uh pick a specific time frame normally we do about a 30 minute shoot you can do less you can do more um, you pick how many photos that they will receive and uh, you also pick which photos they get so um, I'll just say it again a mini session is just a taste a little sample of what they can get if they hire you for a full session. Just wanted to touch on that a little bit. We do everything we can to try to get them to come back. So explain what you would normally get with a full session. You know, when you have these potential clients in front of you, make sure you give them the best experience possible. Explain to them what you would get, what they would get with a full session. So in our case, uh, we tell them the mini session is a 30 minute session, but if they were to do a full session, they would not have like a rushed experience. They would get more photos. Um, they would have multiple outfits and they'd get more variety, you know, because they'd get a lot more photos to choose from. So those are just some things that you can do. Um, the other thing we do is we don't really have our clients sign contracts for mini sessions. That's something that was asked as well. I think contracts are super important and uh, I think you should use them whenever you can. Um, but I'll just be honest, we just don't have a contract for mini sessions. For us, it's just kind of a little event that we put on twice a year to try to get some new clients. 
and and we also have some returning clients that just like to take advantage of the fact that we're offering another session throughout the year to take more photos and we're always open to that we love our families we love photographing our couples our couples turning into little families and watching their little families grow we think it's really awesome so those are just some tips on mini sessions uh, the other thing i wanted to talk about is using speed lights at weddings what are speed lights speed lights are your off and on camera flashes. There are those flashes that you can attach to the top of your camera. They're also known as a portable flash. Um, the typical name for them are speed lights. Um, you can use them. You can use them on your camera, off your camera. You can put them on the light stand. Um, we always carry them with us for weddings. Um, they're they're basically backups. Uh, if we do use them, we tend to use them during the reception. But for the most part, we really don't use them. Uh, we try to use as much ambient light as possible for our weddings. It's just our preference. If we can get away without using a flash, we will. And cameras are getting so good and sometimes at these weddings, the lighting is so good that we can get away without using a flash. We've done some pretty awesome, uh, I'll just use as an example, some outside weddings with those strung lights uh, across the dance floor. And there's no like crazy DJ lights blinking on and off. It's just like a beautiful outdoor wedding. Like those weddings are some of my favorite type of weddings because we don't have to use flash and you get to use that ambient light and it just looks so beautiful and so perfect um, and nothing against uh, the indoor weddings where we are using flashes those are just as great too um, but if we can get away without using flashes we will like I said it's just our preference but many times we do have to use the flash and we don't think that that's a bad thing at all. You know, to us, the idea is to capture the guests. We try to be creative and artistic, and it may not always feel that way when we're using a flash, but it's kind of important to remember that when you're at a wedding, besides getting those cool, epic shots, artistic shots, and being creative and expressing your art through your photos for your weddings, you are also providing a service and you are documenting uh, this couple's biggest day. And it's important to not just get your fun, cool, epic, creative shots, but also photos that you need to get for them to just remember how everything looked and how everything went and the people that were there. That is just as important to them. A photo of a random couple that you don't know dancing on the dance floor could be one of the most important photos to your couple. So you have to remember, like I said, you're providing a service. You're documenting the guests. You're getting clear photos of them for your clients to look back on. And sometimes um, if a room is too dark and we have to use flash, um, we throw it on there. Our flash photos look just as amazing to us they we don't think of them any different and we want and we do want to make sure that we're using flash when we have to to get clear photos of the couples that are out on the dance floor but for the most part when we do use flash uh, we mainly use them 
during the reception. Um, we haven't really run into any other situations where we've needed a flash for the most part uh, you know when we shoot the the bride prep photos at the hotel we usually have plenty of light coming in through the window because it's in the morning or around noon time we have plenty of light coming in and ceremony same thing I mean we have had some darker ceremonies um, but again we I don't think we've really had any situations where we've had a pop on the flash and if we have um they don't really stand out so obviously it wasn't that big a deal but if you do have to use flash that doesn't really mean you have to sacrifice your artistic form or your creativeness there's several different ways you can use flash uh, one of the things i want to touch on real quick is i have noticed that uh, not a lot of people know how to use their flash um, and especially if you're new to photography you know learning how to use your camera is its own thing it could be learning how to use a flash and lighting is a whole nother beast that you have to conquer and I totally understand that um, but I do believe that it is important to know um, your equipment. You really want to get confident using your camera, being able to switch settings for any moment that comes your way. As wedding photographers, you know, we're, we're journalists for a wedding and we're running around, running inside, outside. It rains, the sun comes out, it gets cloudy, it gets dark. All these situations could happen in split seconds. So you have to learn how to adjust to every setting. And I think when it comes to using the flash, um, it's important to do a little bit of research and learn even just a little bit about how your flash works just to understand it because under understanding your flash is just as important as understanding your camera even if you don't use your flash all the time when you do when you are going to use it it's better to know exactly what's happening why your flash is doing what it does it's easy for us to just put the flash on TTL uh, which is the automatic setting for the flash. Point it straight up at the ceiling and boom, you're good. But if you do that every time, you'll start to notice that um, by letting your flash uh, decide how much power to produce on any, any image, your flash is reading how far you are away from your subject. So sometimes you may be, you know, five feet away from someone, 10 feet away from somebody. You might be just taking a picture of the room. And every time you take a new picture, your lighting is going to come out totally different. And after a while, it's just not consistent. And you want to try to be as consistent as possible. So if you learn how to use your flash on manual mode, it's it's really not that difficult, but you can get much better lighting, much more consistent lighting, and it'll just better your images. Let me talk about the different ways that you can use your flash. And by talking about this, I'm going to talk about how we use our flash and the settings that we use specifically for our images. And hopefully you will gain some a little bit of knowledge from this. You can go out and try it 
and just let me know how this worked for you or if something else worked better for you please let me know i'd love to hear it um so the first thing that i'll talk about is just bouncing light at the ceiling uh, we don't normally point the light straight at our subjects. Um, we don't like blasting them with light straight in their face. Besides it being kind of annoying and distracting to people like on the dance floor and stuff, it's just not as flattering as light as it could be. So if you bounce your flash straight up at the ceiling, it's just a more, it's just a much more flattering uh, light pattern on the faces. The light bounces off the ceiling and it comes back down towards their faces at an angle, creating a nice little butterfly effect under their nose. If you've never heard that term, it's a lighting term. You create a little butterfly effect under the nose and you light their faces really well. And it's just it's just a more flattering pattern of light on their face. And also at the same time, you're lighting up the room uh, more if you're if you're pointing the light straight up at the ceiling. If you point it straight at the subject, you'll get the subject lit, but it'll be a quick dark fall off behind them and you won't be able to see where they are in the room. And for us, it's important to capture not just the subject, but where they were as much ambient light as possible. So I'll give a couple tips about that as well. Now we also have a little diffuser cap that we use on top of a light. Um, it just kind of makes the light a lot softer than uh, not having one on there. Um, and another benefit that comes from that is we do point it straight up at the ceiling, but by having this little diffuser cap, um, it does spill a little bit of light straight forward as well. So you have light going forward and up, and you'll notice it in the picture. It's just a much uh, prettier lighting pattern on their face. So this is just our suggestion. Now, again, I don't know everything about flash, but I've researched enough to play with it a little more and at, at the very least get out of TTL because you did that with your camera as well, right? I mean, if you're still shooting in auto mode on your camera, you really want to get out of that habit. You don't want your camera deciding what to do for you because again you're not going to be consistent with your photograph so as photographers we learn how to shoot on manual mode and change the aperture and the shutter speed and the ISO as the situation uh, requires so same thing for your lighting if you can get out of that automatic mode it'll just make your photos more consistent and you'll get much better lighting as well so like I said, when you have your flash on TTL mode, it, what it's doing is it's reading the distance from the subject and deciding how much power to put on uh, throughout every flash. And it's not always great. Um, if you switch it over to manual, um, it's, it's pretty basic. You're basically just telling your flash how much power you want to produce out of each flash. So I'll just give an example. For uh, receptions, uh, we typically shoot receptions with a wider lens, somewhere between a 24 millimeter or a 35 millimeter, because we're running around getting different angles of people dancing. We're getting some close-ups. Sometimes we're getting farther away. So we tend to shoot a little bit wider, and we like to shoot at a lower aperture uh, because we still like that 
bokeh. So we'll shoot uh, 1.4 to 2.8. Honestly, I like to stay between a 2.8 and 3.5 because I do a lot of running gun. You know, I'll point the... I'll have the, the camera over my head, and I'm not always looking through the viewfinder, um, so I don't want to miss focus. I'm pretty good at doing that. Um, I've got a couple techniques for it, but I do shoot maybe around 2.8 to 3.5 f-stop just to make sure that I'm not really missing focus as much when I'm doing that. And also on the dance floor, you're shooting multiple people. So I want to get as many people in focus as possible. So with that, I'll set my flash on manual. And what I'll usually do is set it to the lowest setting on my flash. It's 128th of power. It's the smallest power of, of light output that it has so it's just a little sprinkle of light that I throw up at the ceiling and I shoot with a, a pretty high ISO somewhere between 1000 and 2000 uh, by by using a higher ISO on your camera you're using less power on your flash and you're allowing the flash to recycle quicker for the next flash so you can actually shoot quicker uh, without having to wait for the flash if you've ever used a flash and you've ever taken a picture and then you go to take another picture and the flash doesn't go off it's because you didn't give the flash enough time to recycle enough energy and power to go off again so if you shoot at a higher ISO the flash will actually use less power and like I said it will recycle quicker and you'll be able to shoot faster as well. We also shoot at uh, a lower shutter speed. I like to shoot around an 80th of a second. Now the, the advice I always give throughout the day, I normally don't go any uh, slower on my shutter speed than 125th of a second only because if you know, unless you have like a really steady hand and your subject is very is very still, um, you can get some blur, right? So I always give that advice. Um, whenever I have some second shooters, I always tell them, please don't shoot any lower than 125th, um, just to make sure everything's super nice and sharp. But when we're shooting receptions, um, it's a little different because we're using the flash uh, and because I'm shooting at an 80 and at an 80th of a second there's a couple things that happen there if you use a faster shutter speed with your flash you're not giving the image enough time to expose more light so what happens is you take a picture of a person at let's just say a 250th of a second that's normally the fastest that you can uh, you'll get a nice clear picture of your subject but the background will be really really dark now we do the opposite we'll shoot at a slower shutter speed normally at around 80th of a second with that flash going off at 2.8 and what happens is it's a little slower shutter speed so you you allow your uh, camera to take in more light and you get a clear picture of your subject and you actually get pretty even lighting behind them and you're able to see the room that they're in you're able to see other people dancing behind them you're able you're kind of able to see the environment more and because you're using flash even though these people are dancing and moving around 
because you're using that flash, it is stopping that motion in time and um, you're able to get pretty sharp images out of it. I normally don't go any slower than an 80th of a second. I have just found that that's what works best for us. Our reception images come out really cool when we're using flash and we're usually pretty happy with them. To us, this just looks and feels more natural and doesn't have that hard flash look. Uh, the other thing you can do is uh, you can have a secondary flash so you can have you can have another one of these speed lights on a light stand most flashes now come with the capability to use several flashes together wirelessly either through their infrared or um, we've noticed that some of these speed lights come with receivers already in them so you can use multiple speed lights at the same time so sometimes what we'll do is we'll put a second flash on a light stand in the other uh, opposite corner of the room so when we're doing um, reception photos not only are we getting some flash coming off of our camera but we're also creating another flash across the room hitting the ceiling same idea and if you're this works really great if you're in a really really dark room there's a venue in Riverside that we've shot at several times it's a beautiful brick venue the only problem is that they decided to paint the ceiling black and what does black do? It completely absorbs light. So you get zero bounce. And that can be uh, a struggle for some of us photographers. But if you add one or two, you know, flashes to the corners of the room, you're just you're guaranteeing getting a little bit of extra flash from all sides to light up the room and you got no problems. So that's just another thing you can do. You can put the flash across the room, point it straight up, and you instantly have more light to light up the room. And um, you can be in several locations getting more light. You can also use it like as a trick light uh, to give a different look behind the couple. There's lots of things that you can do to play around with that other light. Another cool thing that we like to do at receptions is uh, light trail photos. And you've probably heard and definitely seen this if you've seen pictures of receptions. Uh, light trail photos are those... Uh, are those photos during receptions that you see with cool streaks of light uh, during like dancing photos. This technique makes your photos funner and they just add more movement to the photos. Um, so it can be really cool. Our, our setup for light trails, there's a couple steps that we take to, to get some light trail photos. So if you wanna try this out, it's really quite simple. The first thing you want to do is expose for the light trails. Now, the light trails are going to come off of any lights that are in the room. So if you're in a dark room, everybody's dancing, the lights are off, and the DJ has, you know, those lights that are moving around and bouncing back and forth, those are the lights that are going to give you the trails that you're looking for. So what I do is I expose for those first so I turn off my flash and this this tends to work best when the venue is really dark during these dancing photos I'll start with a really low ISO something around a hundred and um, I bump my aperture to an f8 or above 
This helps with ensuring that everyone is in focus. So that works out pretty good. And then for my shutter speed, I do something super slow, something between a tenth of a second, a half a second, or sometimes a full second. We usually end up with around a half a second. That's, that's, that's like our little sweet spot. Um, we take a photo. And because you're shooting, like, let's say at a second, you take a photo and you move the camera around and the image will look like a black image, but you'll see a bunch of streaks of lighting that dancing around. So you can kind of play around with that and see how that's going to work. Then we'll turn the flash on. And I know I just said to get out of TTL mode, but for this little trick, it's just easier to use TTL mode, in my opinion, so I'll put it on TTL mode when we're doing this little trick. And from there, I just play with it. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. But you can play with manual mode as well. So once you have those settings set up like that, you can go out onto the dance floor and just point your flash at some of the people dancing and uh, take a picture and move the camera around while you're taking the picture and then look at it. You'll see a perfectly exposed uh, person dancing in your foreground and all these like weird crazy lights. So you can do it in circles. You can wave the lights straight across or up and down. Once you start playing around with it, you'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, that's how you do light trail photos. They're, they're pretty fun. They add a lot of movement to your reception photos. We think they're really awesome. So uh, at some point of the night, we always like to play around with that for a little while. Also, if you have, we shoot mainly with primes. If you have a zoom lens, uh, besides just twisting the camera and moving it back and forth, you can actually zoom in and out and play with those light trails as well. Another feature that your flash has is uh, what is called the rear curtain flash. So basically you're telling your flash to flash at the end of your photo instead of right at the beginning. This allows you to have a longer shutter speed for those light trail photos and still prevent motion blur blurs from your subject. So you can play around with those cool light trails for as long as you want. You can set it at one second, two seconds, three seconds, whatever you want to do. And then your flash will actually flash at the end of that photo, exposing your subject, stopping them in time and preventing any blur from them. So don't be afraid to experiment with your flash. Um, watch some tutorials on YouTube. There's tons of stuff out there. Uh, try out some of the stuff I said. And if you're still not getting it, feel free to contact me. I will help you out and try to explain it better if I didn't on this podcast. Um, but yeah, we love playing around with our flash and trying new things and just trying to, you know, we're always trying to better our photography. We're always trying to find new ways to be creative and, um, don't think of your flash as this, this thing that limits you. It's really something that can help you progress and help you create better photos. And you add it to your arsenal of tools that you can use to your advantage when you need it. So try it out. I hope these tips were helpful. That's all I have for you guys today. Uh, I just wanted to come on here and talk about some of those things. Um, I have more guests planned coming soon. Uh, but I also enjoy doing some of these podcasts where I just talk about some of these tips that, you know, that we like to do at our weddings. Um, if you guys have something that 
you want to hear about on this podcast, um, any questions about wedding photography in general, please don't be afraid to reach out to me. Um, I will answer them the best that I can. Um, I'll take some of those topics and bring them on here on the podcast to talk about. You can find me on Twitter at Del Toro Photo. And now you can actually go follow us on Instagram at Wedding Photo Podcast. You can ask me questions on there as well. Uh, please go check it out. Go follow the Instagram. I post photos of and from the different guests that we have on there. I do some Instagram stories uh, from some of our weddings and some of the tips that I give on here. I throw them up on there as well. So go follow our Instagram account. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, please scroll down and rate this podcast. Uh, give it that five-star rating. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think. Let me know how it's helping you. Um, I'd love to hear from you. This has been a really fun experience recording these these podcasts uh, for you guys. Uh, so yeah, let me know what you think. Um, a big thank you one more time to our sponsor, iPhoto Rentals in Pomona, California. If you want to go try out some new equipment, you need some new equipment for your next shoot, your next photo shoot, your next music video, whatever you need, they have it. Mention this podcast, they will give you 10% off. And thank you guys again for taking the time to listen. You guys are awesome. We will see you on the next one.